0: Welcome you guys again to Cross Over. We have a very special guest tonight. I'm sure you guys all know him by now. It's Pastor Anthony Freeman. It's a great privilege to be able to introduce him to you guys tonight, to have him here to share a bit of his heart with us. So I just want to welcome him up here right now. You guys want to just give him a hand of applause because he deserves it. Thank you. Mad, eh? Man, this is I can just tell this is like the cool bunch. I totally don't know if I belong here tonight. You guys are just too cool, man. Where's that stool? Okay, here we go. I know I don't know if I'll be able to stay on this stool, but I think I'm gonna sit down on it. Tonight I what I wanna do tonight. A little different. Let me pull this down here. So I can see Brother Arthur. <laughs> you guys have your Bibles with you? I'm so thankful and thrilled for what God is doing in this church. It's absolutely awesome. And you guys, I can tell, are the catalysts. It's your heart, it's your it's your enthusiasm. You guys are running after God. And God's showing up, man. That's what God does. We draw nigh to him, he draws nigh to us. But I want to look tonight kind of just to do a little teaching tonight. And I'm so thankful because one of the things I always taught our students was the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um Turning your Bible to Acts 1. And so I want to talk about that. And then I want to talk about praying in the Spirit tonight. And what that means. Why is that important for us? To pray in the Spirit. I think I mentioned here, I don't remember if it was Friday night or uh, Saturday morning or Saturday night. I don't know which one it was. But this will be my sixth time this week preaching since Friday night. So, <laughs> but... Uh, I was, you know, I pray every day, my team, we meet for a couple of hours of prayer in the morning, and I've taught my team, as the Lord has instructed me, to pray in the Spirit for an hour. Now, I've been doing this for, a, for years now, and, uh, but I really do it, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we, oftentimes God gives us all these things, and we really don't utilize them to their fullness, and I don't even believe that I'm utilizing it to the fullest yet. But God is definitely showing up. He's doing things. And I want to explain to you why I do that. Because it's something you need to pursue in your life. And it's great. to you know, we praying in the Spirit. Everybody's speaking in tongues. And uh, Pastor Joe has instructed you. And uh, it, it's great because, uh, you know, I taught him pneumatology, uh, which is the study of the Holy Spirit in Bible college. But it's always been my passion, this pursuit for the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when He left, He says, I'm going to send you another comforter. And the word another comes from the Greek word "alon," and it means another of the same kind. And so Jesus says, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send someone that's just like me. And He's going to be with you. He's going to be in you. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to bring back to your remembrance all the things that I've taught you. And so, and so it's the work of the Holy Spirit in the church. As, uh, as individuals, we are uh, baptized into the body of Christ through the Holy Spirit when we are born again. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to regenerate us. That's why the Bible calls it the new birth, because it's the Spirit Himself that makes us alive. We become participants in the divine nature. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. And then it's the Holy Spirit's work to energize us to do His work, to empower us, power to do, to say, to be. And we see this delineated throughout the book of Acts. And you guys read the book of Acts? I try and read the book of Acts once a month because it tells me how I ought to live. If I, want, I don't want to look at this church or what's on TV. I want to look at the book of Acts and see what was going down in the early church because if Jesus said that was for them, it's for me. Jesus said there's signs and wonders. Jesus said there would be miracles. There would be healings. God still does that. And you guys are pursuing it. And I'm excited about it, what God is doing. But there's so much more. God wants to take it, take that from the inside of the four walls of this church outside to your jobs, to your homes, to your families, to the people you work with. Shaking this, the world around you for, the, for Jesus Christ. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And of course, the work of the Holy Spirit also is involved in bringing about the process of sanctification. The Holy Spirit makes us more like Jesus on a daily basis. We develop, because of the work of the Spirit of God in us, the character of Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 talks about this, the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. Now, I don't have time to teach a whole 13-week course on this right now, but that's about what it involves. But I want to just focus on one thing that tonight, and that's about, pr- I want to get down to the, the ba- basics of praying in the Spirit. And like I said, I do this an hour a day before I even ask God anything. You think to yourself, after serving the Lord for 27 years and being in the ministry for 23, 24 of those years, you think to yourself, well, don't you know how to pray? Haven't you figured it out by now? You know, yes, I know how, you know, I think I know what the situation might involve when I'm praying to God. But the fact of the matter is that the Bible says that I can have the mind of Christ. Say that. Mind of Christ. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul's talking about the work of the Spirit. And he said, I told you I wouldn't be able to stay on that thing. Paul's talking about the work of the Spirit And he says that the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, he's talking to the church, 1 Corinthians 2, the carnal mind does not understand the things of the Spirit, for they must be spiritually discerned. See, it's the work of the Holy Spirit to get us to understand the things that are spiritual. And he says these words, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but we have received the Spirit who is from God Listen to these words, that we might understand the things that God has freely given us. We've not received the Spirit who's from the world, but the Spirit who's from God, that we might understand the things that God has freely given us. I tell you what, why don't you go ahead and turn over to 1 Corinthians 2. Keep your hand, eat your finger. Is it, we're going to be a little eclectic tonight. We're going to go all over the place. So... This is I just this morning, this afternoon, as I was just meditating on the Lord, I felt like you know what we need to we need to we need to understand these things. Look at this in um, verse nine. Oh man, let's read verse six because this is so rich. He says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. Now, mature. now, what Paul is doing, he's combating the Corinthians' pursuit of false wisdom. They were seeking after wisdom and knowledge in the worldly realm, they prided themselves in it. They were speaking about, they were speaking, or seeking after the wisdom and the knowledge of the day, the, the wisdom of the philosophers and a lot of them prided themselves in education and all the philosophies of this age but what Paul is saying hey it's not about that that's not the wisdom we're looking for the wisdom we're looking for is the wisdom from God how many of you believe that that God's wisdom is better than all the scientific studies of this world how many of you believe that God knows better than the scientists he knows better And so he says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written... Now listen to these words. I want you to... Chew on this for a moment. You know, pastor took me out for a wonderful steak. But what you're going to read right now is more mouth-filling, more heart-filling than any steak you'll ever put in your mouth. Listen to this. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Okay, Did you get the idea? You don't know it? We don't know about it? Is that what it's saying? No one knows this. It's saying, who has this knowledge? No one. Who has this knowledge? No one. No eye, no ear, no mind is comprehended. But then listen to the next statement. Because he gets through telling you, first of all, that it's not been comprehended. It's not entered into the mind of man. No one's conceived this thing. But listen to these next words. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. I want to, I'm talking about operating in the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Praying in the Spirit. Why do we speak in tongues? We don't speak in tongues just because it feels good. We speak in tongues because it is the wisdom of God. It is the revelation of God. It's that which was hidden but now has been revealed. Because it's a work of God's Spirit. Listen to this. He's going to talk about the work of the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. He's talking to the saints. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. No one knows the thoughts of God. Why are you telling me this, Paul? That makes sense. God has a mind of His own. I'm not divine. I'm not in the Trinity. I don't understand the thoughts of God. Well, that makes sense, Paul. Why are you saying that? No one knows uh, the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, and then he says, verse 12, he's going to explain it. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God now who knows the thoughts of God? who knows the thoughts of God? Spirit. who knows the thoughts of God? of God? and what have we received? Spirit the Spirit of God but we but this uh, we have not received the Spirit of the world but the Spirit who is from God so that we may understand. So that we might understand. So that we might understand what God has freely given us. What God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom. But in words taught By the Spirit. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in the words taught by the Spirit. I am not making this up. I am reading straight out of the Word of God. Do you you understand what God has given us? I want to get around to speaking in tongues and why we do it. Because there's a manifestation Tongues is a manifestation of the Spirit. I'm going to explain to you what tongues do and what tongues are. And then you'll know afterwards why I pray in the Spirit an hour every day before I ask God for anything. But in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has... And here's again, I love this. This is wonderful. Because again, Paul's going to tell you the paradox. In Scripture, there's all kinds of things that seem as conflicting philosophies or conflicting thoughts. We call them paradox. They seem to be conflicting. But listen to this. For who has known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct Him? He says it again. Who has known the mind of the Lord? No one knows the mind of God. It's it's rhetorical. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Well, uh, not me. Right? Right? You guys getting this? Are you guys following me? You following me? You hanging? Because I want you to get this. This is rich stuff. I want you to understand this. It will revolutionize your prayer life. It will revolutionize your walk with God. Who has known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct Him? But, there's the but again, we have the mind of Christ. And how did we get it? By what? By what? By what? By what? Spirit the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Spiritual truths taught in spiritual ways. Spiritual wisdom given by the Spirit of God. What is a prophetic word? What's a prophecy? It's a divine, it's a uh, spontaneous, a prophetic word is a spontaneous, unprepared, a spontaneous, unprepared word from God. You don't you know, flip through the Scriptures during the middle of the day and say, I'm going to prophesy tonight and uh, I'm going to come with a word. Ooh, this word looks good down in Proverbs. And come, and still, we wait, the sister was rightly so. You gotta make room for the Spirit. If you don't make room for Him, He doesn't come. I was so excited, sister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's exactly what needs to happen. I tell my people all the time, if we don't make room for Him, He doesn't come. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not gonna push Himself on no one. You gotta make room. If you make room for Him, if you make a place for the Holy Spirit, He comes. Not only in church, but personally. Not only in church, but personally. Not only in this temple. 1 Corinthians 6 talks about this temple. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We. I'm I'm sorry. Chapter 3 talks about we corporately. And chapter 6 says personally. We personally are the temple. So there's this temple. And as we come together, there's this temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we come together... We have to make room for him. Personally, personally, if we want his operation in our life, you have to make room for him. You have to make room for him. Pastor Joe, where did I leave off? My mind just... The mind of Christ. Prophecy. Thank you. Prophecy. Prophecy. Help me out here tonight. I'm teaching a little bit. He knows I'll chase rabbits. I'll go in another direction and have to come back somewhere else. You'll be here two hours tonight. So, the prophecy. Prophecy is a spontaneous, unprepared word from God. Now, prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and speaking in tongues are all spiritual gifts that are called utterance gifts. Utterance gifts. That means that they come from your mouth. You utter them. You say them. You speak them. They come out of your mouth. That's what those spiritual gifts. Now, there's other. There's a gift of healing. Now, that doesn't necessarily come out of your mouth. It might come through the laying on of hands. The Bible talks about that. You know, there's the the gift of miracles. That can come all kinds of ways. I've experienced miracles in my life. One time, God wanted to show me His providing power for me, and I was praying. In the house, and you may think this is strange, but I'll tell you. We, we were, my wife and I, when we started uh, our ministry there in New Orleans, we, uh, we went there by faith. We didn't have any money. We just got it. We left our church that was paying us a salary. God said, Go. We left. We joined with four or five other pastors to start the school in the middle of a, in a, in a living room in a house with nothing. You know, no, nothing. And God built that thing up into a multi million dollar organization. Over years. But in the beginning, it was just us. And while I was praying for provision one day, I was praying for provision one day, and, and God dropped this word in my heart. God, give me money out of the fish's mouth. And you remember the story when, when, uh, about the taxes, and Peter's, this guy asked Peter, Hey, does your master pay taxes? And Peter's like, Well, sure, my master pays taxes. But Jesus comes over to tell him, Hey, man, listen, that's their business. You stick with our business. You stick with our business, but to keep your honor word, I want you to go fishing. I want you to go fishing. In other words, Jesus was trying to tell him, "Listen, I'm going to take, I'm going to handle my business, but just to show you, why don't you go fishing in the pond right now?" And when when he went fishing, he pulled up the fish, and inside the fish's mouth, you guys remember the story? Was the money for the taxes? You guys remember that story? God still does those things. Yes, He does. I'll tell you one that God did for me. So I, man, that God dropped that word in my heart, man, and I had to go preaching out. I was headed towards Dallas. So I went up from New Orleans all the way to by Shreveport, Louisiana, and I had a couple of services there. And I had to stay in a Motel 6 or something. And, you know, those things are, you know, you know, how many of you ever stayed in a Motel 6? You know, I mean, Motel 6 is a sad excuse for a place to stay. But it's cheap, okay? It's cheap. And so, uh, you know, made out of cinder blocks, you know, and... and, and You know, they're just... I didn't sleep the whole night. I didn't sleep the whole night. And so, uh, in the morning, you know, here I'm heading out. I went by faith. I left by faith. I didn't have all the money to make this trip that God was sending me on. But on the way, while I was at the Motel 6 in Monroe, Louisiana, I wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning... And I, and I go to pull out one of my shoes. A shoe, Well, oh, not like this, one of the shoes I was wearing in the morning. One of those wingtips, you know, those old guy shoes. And so, you know, I'm wearing my wingtips, you know. And I pull out my shoe tree, and out of that shoe is a crisp, brand new, $50 bill. You know, and I'm saying, you know what? I'm thinking to myself, where's my wife at? Where's she at? Okay, she's okay. Anyway, because she, she'll verify this. I called her up. And I said, honey, you know, because I was going to be gone during Father's Day. And so I thought maybe somewhere she got $50, which I have no clue where she would have gotten $50 from. And I called her up and said, honey, there's a brand new $50 bill inside my shoe. Did you put it there? She says, no, I checked your shoes. I put your shoe trees in your shoe to check to see if there were any old socks stuck inside of them. She had packed my shoes and put the shoe trees in and there was nothing. Then it dawned on us. She said, oh, hon, that's the Lord, so that you can go buy, buy a new pair of shoes. Because I did need a new pair of shoes, but I was thinking more like gas and food and for traveling and that type of thing. But it dawned on me, I thought to myself, man, I felt like that $50 was holy, man. And like, I wanted to get rid of it, you know. I was like, man, I was, it was enough for the miracle. And I was like, you know what? I went to some pastor's house, a friend of mine, and, and I preached at his house. And so what I did is I took the $50, and after I preached the service, I gave it to him and his wife. You guys need it. You know, they were pastoring a church, and so I wanted to give it away. I, it was enough to me that uh, that I had been blessed by it, by having it, by having the miracle. And so uh, the next day, uh, I preached in a couple of churches, and the next day, I go to visit another pastor friend of mine. And as I'm leaving, now I'd already given the 50 bucks away. As I'm leaving this brother's house, you know, he had just had his uh, wisdom teeth pulled. And so he wasn't up to talking. His mouth was swollen. And he's like, oh, brother, I just had my wisdom tooth pulled. And so he didn't want to visit. You know, I was going to visit him before I went to Dallas. And he's like, oh, you know, just, you know, how many of you had wisdom teeth pulled? You know, he's just sitting there kind of, ah, like that. And so anyway, I said, okay, Andy, I'm going to leave right now. And uh, so he gets up, and when he gets up, he stops, and he says, hold up. And he goes, and I hear him and his wife come in the hallway, you know, hear the talking going on. And he comes out, and he hands me a check. He said, brother, when I got up, the Lord told me to give you this. And so I took it, So praise the Lord, went outside, $50 dollars. Fifty dollars. I could not get rid of that fifty dollars. But that was a miracle. That was a, a gift of miracles. God still does miracles. I've seen many miracles. I've seen two point seven million dollars come in from one person in one day. I've seen the hand of God. I've seen healings. I've seen people instantaneously healed. So that is a work of the Holy Spirit and that comes part and parcel with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's why we're so intent about you get saved, you need this other thing Paul said, I mean uh, not Paul but Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you're going to be witnesses so the power of the Holy Spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit is endowment of power for service and he gives along with that realm of operation gifts So that we can be effective. So that we can operate not out of the flesh. Not out of the flesh. Coming up with our own ideas of how to plan a church or how to plan a ministry or how to do this. Not coming up with our own ideas and say, I think this will work. I think this will be a good idea. God doesn't want you to operate that way. And guess what? God doesn't want you to operate that way in your own life. Because there's a better way. The better way is listening to, to the Lord and getting wisdom from above. Some of you when you get children, you're going to have teenage kids. Guess what? My boys know that their dad prays. And that if somewhere along the line they stumble, God's going to talk to me. And I'll pull them into the room and they'll be confessing before they get into that room because they know God's coming down on them. My mom used to do the same thing. She, that's how I got saved finally. I was away from God. I was sixteen years old, away from God. I stayed home from church because I wanted to go around the corner and visit a little girl. You know that used to make her way by my house and I thought to my you know, I just had a bullseye on her and I thought to myself, you know what? <laughs> Before I was saved. And I used to grow pot you know <laughs> You know, and all kinds of things like that, yeah. You know, I you know, I got pulled over by the cops, brought to jail, stuff like that. I'm not too far from somewhere where you guys think you're you at. But I, I went to church three times a week. I was in church and doing all this stuff on the side. Now, I knew how to act in church. I wasn't an idiot because my dad was six foot four. And man, 250 pounds. And I knew I wasn't going to tangle at any time, any place with him. So I went to church. I knew how to sit down. I couldn't act like the foolish kids that would talk in church and get you know, slapped in the back of the head and all that kind of stuff like that. I knew. But I was living in sin and on my way to hell. In church. Get out on the weekend. Do all the things that everyone else does. You know? And so I stayed home one night. I thought I'm not going to go to this revival service. And somehow I thought I was being cool by slipping out of it, going to go around the corner and meet with this girl. My mom stayed home. But she had stayed home because the Spirit of God had been talking to her, telling her all the things I had been doing. And so the girl, you know, you know how you try and do something slyly? So I was going to try, I'm going around the corner, but all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but the girl called the house and my mom answered the phone. So the jig was up, man. Like my whole plan had been, you know, faltered. And so she, and she, she said, she told that, my mom's, you know, Spanish, and so she told that girl how the cow used the cud, man, and hung up on her. I never even got a chance to talk to, to the poor girl. And my mom probably scared her to death, too, because she, you know, she used to hang with the gangs in California, you know. So my mom, she was a pretty rough chick. and uh, But she was filled with God, and she, she said, sit down. And she began to read my mail. She began to say, you've been doing this. And, and I was, you know, I was at a place in my life I was tired of lying. I said, yeah, yeah. You've been smoking pot. The Lord's been telling me. Yeah, yeah. You've been growing pot. The Lord's been telling. Yes, yes. You've been been out there breaking the law, stealing and doing all kinds of stuff. Yes, yes. I mean, she ran down the list of my sins. It's like, why confess my sins? God had already told her everything. But that was the night that God broke me. Spiritual wisdom from God. From God. God, as you as leaders, God wants to operate in your life that way. You uh, that are being raised up, God wants to operate in your life that way. He's no respecter of persons. He disseminates the gifts as is needed. That's what 1 Corinthians 12 says. As the gift is needed, He gives it. If there's a need for a miracle... Pray for one. Believe God for one. Allow the power of God to saturate your life and begin to pray in faith. And then start looking and expecting the miracle. Start expecting the hand of God. Now the hand of God might come in the form of a job because that's what you need. But the hand of God might come in the form of a miracle as well. But the utterance gifts, these gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, wisdom, And speaking of tongues, let's talk about those things. Paul says in Romans 8 that we don't know how to pray as we ought to. Romans 8, let's turn there. Verse 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know how what we ought to pray for. I'll stop right there for just a second. How many of you ever experienced that in prayer? You're praying over a situation, and it's just over your head. You know you want you want to know why I pray in the Spirit an hour? Because because I just know I would rather in every situation to know the mind of Christ than my own mind on the situation. I've been in ministry over almost 23 years or around 23 years. And with everything we've done and everything we've experienced, I still want to know what God knows on the situation before I start praying about it. The Bible says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. There's things that God knows about a situation that you don't know. And you need the mind of Christ. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Now, we think that the Spirit is operating out here making intercession for us. But the Spirit operates by commandment of the lord in two places he operates in the temple corporately he distributes his gifts he saves people as the church goes out and witnesses and shares the gospel he convicts of sin of righteousness and of judgment sometimes you think that the holy spirit's in operation all by himself because you out there doing nothing no let's connect that to romans 10 That says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call upon in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear unless someone is preaching to them? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As the Scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach good news. So the world is not going to call upon the Lord unless they have faith. And faith can't come to the world unless someone is preaching. So where does the convicting power of the Holy Spirit manifest itself? It manifests itself as you and I go out as Jesus' hands and feet and we declare the Word of God. And when we declare the Word of God, the Spirit kicks into operation and begins to tug at a heart. And at that point, the opportunity For faith comes. And then a person has to make a decision. That's how it operates. So the Holy Spirit's not out there operating. You know, how does He operate in the church? Well, Holy Spirit's operation is always to give gifts, to distribute gifts. But let me ask you a question. Is the Holy Spirit operating with gifts in every church in Chicago? Why not? Why not? It's His will to do it. It's His purpose to do it. It's His nature to do it. Everybody's preaching it. People are preaching it from those same churches. that are People are talking about the Holy Spirit in the same churches where He is not in operation. So what's the difference between what happened here tonight, people speaking in tongues, words from the Holy Spirit, and places where they're talking about we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit. He is the Comforter. But nothing's happening. People ain't getting saved. Nobody's getting healed. Nobody's getting delivered. Tell me what's going on. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't change. It's because He's not being allowed to operate in the church. He's not operating in their life. He's not operating within the body. And so, nothing's going on. And so as we go out and we share the Gospel, He's given us power. That's what Acts 1.8 says. You're going to receive. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit because He says, John indeed baptized you with water in that same chapter, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in Acts 2 it says, when this day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all gathered in one place in one accord in unity. And the Spirit of God came upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spake in tongues as the Spirit gave them the words to speak. They were waiting for Him. Jesus said, wait for this thing. Wait for this thing. This thing's about to come upon you. Wait for it. Be ready for it. And it came. And we see that in Acts 2. We see it in Acts 8. Philip goes down to Samaria. He preaches. People start getting saved. Demons are being cast out. People believe. This is post-Pentecost. People believe and He baptizes them in water. The disciples in Jerusalem hear that Samaria has received the gospel, they've received the word, and so they come down from Jerusalem about a day's journey to lay hands on them so that they might be filled with the Spirit, for the Spirit had not fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in water. So we see it's separate from uh, salvation. It's another work of God. Is it for us? Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the Holy Ghost, for this promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many shall call upon the name of the Lord. People are still calling upon the name of the Lord, so it's still for us today. Acts 8, we see it. Acts 10, in the house of Cornelius, Peter's preaching to them, and Holy Spirit falls upon them. They speak in tongues. We don't see the wind and the fire like we did in Acts 2, but we see the tongues. In Acts 10, and in Acts 2, and in Acts 8, we know that even though it doesn't say tongues, we know that something happened because Simon the sorcerer, when he saw that the gift was given by the laying on of hands, he saw something because he wanted to have that same power to do it. And he says, here, here's some money, let me buy it from you. And of course, you know what he got told, you know. So Acts 8, Acts 10, and then Peter goes to the church in Jerusalem and says, Hey, these Gentiles, God's done the same thing He did to us. And, you know, they have received salvation. It's not for us, just for us Jews. It's fulfillment of what God told Abraham, that through you all the nations of the world will be blessed. And so, man, how can I refuse baptism in water, man? They received and believed the Word of God and then God confirmed it by sending the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon them. They were ready to receive it all. And they got it. He says these words. They got it just like we did. In the beginning, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in tongues. And then again in Acts 19. And then really there's an inference in Acts 18 to Apollos who's preaching the Word of God, who's believing Jesus Christ. He set his faith in Christ, but Aquila and Priscilla meet with Apollos and the word of, all the Word of God says is that they instructed him in the way of Christ more perfectly. I believe they told him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because in, in the book of Luke and Acts, it's the book of Luke and Acts are developed on a theme called the journey motif. And so certain things happen. A motif means... A theme. And so there are certain themes that appear throughout the book of Acts and Luke. One of them is being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit. You see it in the beginning of Luke among Simeon the prophet, Anna the prophetess, Elizabeth, Mary. The Spirit comes upon them. And you see the same thing, the Spirit coming upon the church in Acts at different points. Luke is developing a theme, and so even though you don't see all the components, you know they're there. In Acts 19, he comes up to these church, these uh, Christians, these people who believe in the way of Christ, but they've only experienced the baptism of John. He explains the whole thing to them. They get baptized in the name of Jesus. They're re-educated, man. They receive. They're ready. They're ready, man, to receive the Messiah. They receive it, and then Paul prays over them. And they get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues. See, so the impetus is not because Pastor Freeman or Pastor Joe thinks it's a good idea for you to feel good about praying in tongues. No, it's about power for service. The Bible says, let everything be established by two or more witnesses. And in the Word of God, we have at least three or four times just in the book of Acts alone. And we know in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, I'm glad I pray in tongues more than all of you. I'm glad I speak in tongues more than all of you. I'm talking to you about the importance of the power of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts. God wants to distribute them in your life. God wants you to operate in them. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, tongues are the things that comes as initial physical evidence. The ongoing evidence should be love, an increased desire to go out and win the world for Jesus, and an open you up to the realm of the gifts. It's just not about speaking in tongues, because that's only one of the utterance gifts. You become open to all the gifts. Prophecy? Well, how do you prophesy? Well, we speak in tongues. How did you speak in tongues? Just like Acts 2. Spirit came upon you. You felt the presence of God. Some of you don't remember if words were given. But you, you spoke the words as the Spirit gave the utterance. And now you do it so synonymously, you don't know where one begins and what the other one starts. Or one starts and the other one ends. How many of you know that now? You just start speaking in tongues, man. You already get in the river. Woo, I'm in the river. And you know, you're all in it, and then you're speaking in tongues. But in the beginning, some of us might have concentrated like, man, this, is this in my mind? Is that me? And then you gave yourself over to it. But, but it was the presence of God that was the confirming thing first. How many experienced that? You felt the presence of God come upon you. And first of all, you began to wrestle in your mind. Man, is that me? What's that silly word coming up? You know, is that is that me? Is that me? And for a lot of us that are like analytical thinking, it took me a year, a year, you know, to go up to the front and to get baptized. I was witnessing, doing all kind of craziness, but I wanted the baptism. Everybody, would be, get! I I would lead people to the Lord, bring them to church. They say, "Come up if you want to get the baptism." And all these crazy guys that I would led to the Lord get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm standing there like this, you know, but I knew I needed it. But the fact of the matter is. The person that was getting in the way from me receiving what God had for me was not uh, was not anything else. It was me. Because I was trying to get up all up in my mind. And it's not a thing about fleshly mind. It's not a thing about carnal mind. It's a thing about mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ comes from the Spirit. It's spiritually discerned. And so when I explain, when people are getting filled with the Holy Spirit, I say, man... Stop your thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. Stop concentrating and seeing that me. Allow what God is doing right now in your spirit, man, to be the controlling factor. And I usually ask for, you feel the Spirit of God upon you now? And they're like, yeah. And then, you know, you can tell it's right there. It's right there. They say, oh, man, just go with it. Go with it. Start speaking. It's right there. I prayed for hundreds and hundreds of people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's the same thing. Some people just get it like that because they are so desperate. They come so thirsty. They just jump in and, you know, they drown in it. And boy, before you know it, they're just speaking in tongues. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a guy a, a guy that's uh, in med school. Uh, he's a college student at Tulane. He's going through medical school. And... Uh, and, and he came over and he, he grew up Episcopalian. And he started coming to our church because we have college students starting to come to our church. And uh, he came over to my house one day because he, he knew that we were a church that believed in the operation of the Holy Spirit. So, and he saw it manifested in the church. So he wanted to come talk about it. So I spent three hours talking to him about this. And then I said, right now, if you, you know he's saved. Right now, you want to go in my family room? I'll pray for you. God will fill you. And so when the family prayed over him, God filled him. He spoke in tongues for three hours. He wore me out, man. I was just like, he was curled up. You know, this is a medical student. This is a smart guy. You know? But I mean, God just like whacked him. You know, and he's like curled up like in a fetal position, speaking in tongues, crying out to God. For three hours, I was tired, man. I said, man, I just sat back in my chair and said, all right, you know, Whew, I'm you know I already prayed two hours before he came and now I'm doing another three hours today and I'm like oh my you know God thank you Jesus I could just sit back and enjoy it you know laugh a little bit you know and just you know and now you know and he now what he's wanting to do when the Holy Spirit gets inside of you and you allow that thing to come in and enlarge your tent, he wants to start a Bible study. In Tulane, just to get people filled with the Holy Spirit, this thing has so revolutionized his life. He called me up before I left. Hey, Pastor, uh, number one, would you mentor me? Would you disciple me? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, And you know, blah, 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 blah. I want to start a Bible study. I want people to come over to my house because his dad is rich. You know, he's a surgeon from somewhere, I think in New York or the uh, New England states or something like that. Bought them a house so that they could live in New Orleans, him and his sister who are going to Tulane. So I yeah, just bought him a house. Yeah, just bought you, bought you a house in the uptown New Orleans, you know. And, but he wants to start inviting people over because he wants people to experience what he's got, just like you crazy guys in here. It's real, isn't it? Okay, let's get back to the speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. We'll wind this thing up. Oh yeah, okay. We pray in the Spirit. Okay, this is an initial physical evidence. It's initial physical evidence that we have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure I understand why God does this, why God says tongues. Paul explains it in 1 Corinthians 14. He says uh, tongues are given because with an unknown tongue, I'm going to speak to these people and yet they're not going to understand. And he was referencing a passion a passage of, uh, of prophecy of judgment against Israel. And he was telling that in the church, you know, uh, people come in and, and if the church is out of order, so much so that, that all that is happening is speaking in tongues with no clear voice, no clear prophetic word, or no clear preaching. If there's no clear word given in a service, then, you know, someone could come and say, you're crazy and leave and, you know, in other words, it separates the people. So there ought to be a place in the church where word is given. There needs to be a place, if uh, tongues is being given, that also the interpretation of tongues is being given. He's not saying, don't pray in tongues in the church. Okay? He's trying, he's dealing with a situation that is out of control. You know, he's talking to the church at Corinth, and what you have to realize that every... Uh, epistle in the New Testament is what we call an occasional writing. In other words, it was written to address a specific uh, situation in the church. And you find out in, in 1 Corinthians 1, Paul says, I thank God that you come behind in no gift. In other words, they had all the gifts in operation in their church. Now, you can get baptized with the Holy Spirit as soon as you get saved and still be immature as a Christian. A spiritual babe. And then you need to submit yourself. But what had happened, this church at Corinth, they were still immature Christians. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that they're carnal Christians. They had let their carnality begin to rule them and the gifts for this season was still in operation. There would come a time when God would take it away. But because of their carnality and their pride, they were abusing the gifts. And so Paul is trying to bring some order into this situation. Now, I know there's some out there that say, hey man, there's some churches that uh, believe that man, you should only prophesy three times, four times, with, and with interpreters, and there shouldn't be any uh, tongues in the service unless they're interpreted, but w- what we find in the book of Acts, is we find situations like in Acts chapter 4, where they all met together, and they begin to pray, and what happened? They all spoke in tongues, they all prophesied all at one time. The Spirit of God came upon them at Pentecost. You know, if it was so wrong, then why at Pentecost did God delude them with it like a, like a flood? And then everybody says, they are crazy. Listen to them. So you can have both. But it has to be by the Spirit's leading. It has to, and you, you pursue it. Let me tell you, what God is doing here, you need to keep pursuing it. It's perfectly in order with the Spirit. Okay, it's perfectly in order with the Spirit. But he was dealing with a church that was out of control. Women were getting up in the middle of the Word and starting to talk. There was some crazy stuff going on in this church. There was fornication going in the church. Anytime you allow sin to come in your life or sin to come in the body unchecked, This is where Paul says a little leaven leavens the whole lump in 1 Corinthians 5. Because they had a man in the church who had his father's wife. He was living in adultery and fornication with his father's wife. And the people in the church were proud of it. So this this was a jacked up church. So Paul had to bring some heavy handedness to it. And some people want to try and stifle the gifts. But no, he's not stifling the gifts because he turns around and says this. Chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Follow the way of love. Oh, you guys got it. I didn't even know what was going on. Look at that. Follow the way of love. Hey, look at that. Follow the way of love. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Prophecy. Now, which is always funny to me, people that want to stifle the gifts, most of the people that want to say, man, you guys are speaking in tongues, you're all out of order. Well, uh, okay, if we're out of order, then what, what needs to happen is you guys especially need to prophesy. Okay, but here's the deal. They're not prophesying either. They want to judge you for speaking in tongues, but, and they want to try and get all spiritual with the Scripture there, but they're not prophesying. But the fact is, they don't want none of it. So don't even listen to those fools. For anyone eagerly desires spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue, this word for glossolalia, does not speak to men, but to who? Okay, this lines up with Romans 8, does it not? We don't know how to pray as we ought to, but the Spirit Himself, makes intercession for us because He knows the mind of God. And He makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And He knows the mind of God. He makes intercession in a line with the will of God. Anyone speaking in an unknown tongue speaks to God. Who's praying? Your spirit's praying by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let me tell you, when is that not good? good? No one understands him. He speaks mysteries with his spirit. Of course, he's talking about in the church, they need to be prophesying more. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Uh, Keep going down. He who speaks in a tongue, or uh, in tongues, edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Now, Paul is not saying don't speak in tongues, because he's going to say later on forbid not tongues. In verse 39, when he ends up the context of that same chapter, he says, Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. That was his whole point. Now, he's going to say that when we're speaking in tongues, in verse 13... Oh, that's not it. Help me out here. It's where he says, "I was." So, what shall we do? We will speak in tongues. I was. No, no, I'll get to it. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm was in the right place. I need glasses, I think. He says, for if I pray in in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Verse 14. So what shall I do? So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with the spirit. If praying in the spirit is praying in tongues, then what is singing in the spirit? Singing in tongues. That's right. Sing. He says, I'm going to pray with my mind, I'm going to pray with my spirit, which is speaking in tongues. But I'm going to sing with my spirit and I'm going to sing with my mind. So, if we delineate these, if we pull these parts out, in theology what we do is we take what the Bible says on a particular subject from all over the place and you pull it out. You keep it, you interpret it right, which means within its context, But you pull it out and you pull all the words together. And then you come up with your theology and your teaching, your doctrine. And Pastor Joe, I'm sure, teaches you excellently about these things. Remember, we're talking about praying in the Spirit. Paul says in this same chapter, I'm glad I pray with the Spirit more than all of you. That was a pretty bold statement for a church that came behind in no gifts. Paul's saying, look, I'm your papa, but look, you guys think you're something? I pray in spirit more than all of you. I speak in tongues. He throws it out there completely. I speak in tongues more than all of you. And he says, but in the church, for the sake of what's going on, this is how you need to operate. So if he's talking about the church, we're going to operate this way. We're going to have tongues and interpretation and prophecy than what he is saying in his personal life, he speaks in tongues. I mean, I don't. Who knows how long that dude prayed in the spirit? Jude twenty says this. Jude twenty says this. Beloved, build up your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. So, we speak in tongues because. When we're praying, in the, or we pray in the Spirit, or we pray in tongues, why? Because the Spirit knows the mind of God, He knows the will of God, and if I listen to 1 John chapter 4, it says, if we ask anything according to the will of God, He hears us. If He hears us, then we have what we ask for. Sometimes I don't know how to pray, as I ought to, on a situation, but I want to know the mind of Christ. I want to know the spiritual things. I'm not satisfied with what Anthony Freeman thinks he knows or what he knows in all of his experience and knowledge and graduate school and seminary. I'm not satisfied with that. and all the books that I've read and all the things that I've read, even what I think I know about the Scripture, I want to know what the Spirit says in a particular subject. And so I pray in the Spirit. Why? Because as I pray in the Spirit... I'm edified, the Bible says, for he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. I need that. And Jude 20 also says the same thing. It says, beloved, build up your faith. Faith is what I need to pull down anything from God. And if I want more faith, I need to pray in the Spirit. And if I'm asking God for something, I need to believe that God's going to give it to me. And if I need more faith, then I better be speaking in tongues. I pray in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. I don't know how to pray. God, praise Your name. I began to pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Worship the Lord. He that speaks in an unknown tongue. My spirit is praying through the Holy Spirit unto God. And it's helping this old preacher because I need some help. I need some help to live my life. I don't know what I'm going to face during that day. But the Spirit knows. I don't know what's coming around the corner, but the Spirit knows. He knows the mind of God. God knows the beginning from the end. I want to know what He knows. Things go on in the church. Situations happen. They're beyond us. They're outside of our comprehension. And they trouble us. They bring us into a place of doubt. I need my faith built up. I need to get into the realm of the Spirit. I need the manifestation of God's power. How does that come? I begin praying in the spirit because it edifies me. And I'm not building up muscles. When he says he edifies, I'm being edified. He's not talking about in the flesh. I'm not, you know, getting bigger or skinnier. I'm not getting healthy healthier physically. It's not happening physically, is what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say, it's happening spiritually. My spiritual man is being built up as I pray in the Spirit, and he's connecting with the divine resource outside of himself. I'm getting myself into the spiritual realm. How many know the difference between? You know, how many of you rem- remember? And maybe it has happened this week. Maybe it doesn't. It hasn't happened. Uh, In a long time. Maybe you're praying every day. But how many of you have gone a week or two without prayer? How many have done that? Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, things are going wrong. You're not living right. Now you give your life to the Lord. You speak in tongues every once in a while. But you ain't, you know, it ain't happening in your life. You know you're disconnected from God. You're not where you should be. And then all of a sudden, here's the, here's the good one. In the middle of your carnality, an opportunity to witness comes up. How many you ever had that happen to you? An opportunity. And then you start, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Uh, yeah, I go to church. Metro praise. Yeah, it's a good church. And then you know, you know you're know, you supposed to be telling this person about God and speaking in their life because they need to be saved. And this monumental opportunity has come up and you know you're not ready. And you're operating in the flesh. Let me see if I can think now. Ooh, I'm a little nervous. Should I tell him? Let me, let me kill him with kindness. Let me love him. Would you like some donuts? Let's go have some donuts and I'll just show the love of God. Because you're operating in the flesh. And you need to operate in the Spirit. The Bible says in Acts 4 when they came together and they prayed the Spirit of God fell upon them again and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. There was a renewal. There are times of refreshing. Multiple times. It's not that the Spirit of God decreases. What it is is that you have this thing called flesh. And you live in a world full of flesh and you are constantly being influenced and bombarded by that flesh and you need to constantly renew your fleshly mind by the Spirit of God. And so you have to come to a place where you manifest spiritual power so that spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding, spiritual truth might be applied to your life. That you might be built up spiritually speaking. Just like if you don't, you know, Lift weights or exercise, your physical man gets out of shape. Your spiritual man needs to be exercised. And that's why God has given you the holy dumbbells of speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is like holy dumbbells, you know? It's like taking a protein drink like no other protein drink. Speaking, you know, it's like spiritual steroids, you know? You know, and you, you walked in like a little, like that, and you walked in there and you come out. Mm. You know, let's go, let's go now. You know, and so you walk out like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Do it, do it now. Lord, do it, do it now. <laughs> you walk in, meh, meh, me, you know, walking like that. And you walk out, let's do it, do it now. You know? So <laughs> I know that was dumb. But anyway, you're being edified, built up in your spirit. And so I'm praying an hour a day. Why? Because I want to get outside of my fleshly mind, my fleshly understanding. And by and by, as I pray, as I pray, guess what happens? Whew. I begin to sense the presence of God. Sometimes you begin, you come in to pray in the Spirit, and you don't feel it at first. And the Spirit's not left, He's not changed. But we ain't quite tuned in yet. And so you begin praying in the Spirit, exercising that gift that God has given you, and by and by, you feel the wind of the holy spirit you feel the presence of god and then it becomes enjoyable we in the old timers used to call that praying through praying through praying through the old timers used to call that praying through you pray until you get there you pray and that takes some time sometimes that takes some time for me i i pray an hour And then after that, I pray another hour with my understanding. But if it takes me an hour and a half to get there, I'll pray in the Spirit an hour and a half. I pray till I get there. And when I get there, and let me tell you, you know when you get there. Just like we've been getting there in this service. Glory to God. People running after it, pursuing it. Pastor Joe gets up. There's more. There's more. Okay, let's go till we get there. You do that personally. And then faith comes. And you say, yeah, God. Yes. Do this, God. Because that's what you're saying. And I'm in agreement with Him. And God does it. God does it. I pray with faith. And I walk out of my closet a new man, refreshed, renewed in my spiritual man. I've sacrificed my flesh on His holy altar and I come out as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And my life and my ministry and my character and my marriage and the areas of my life are effective, productive, fruitful. And I walk out in the day with confidence in the glory of God. Amen. Any questions? Any questions here tonight, Uh, Pastor Joe? Is that all right? Would you have any questions? Okay. Any questions? Anybody got any questions? Is this water for me up here? Hey, thank you so much. Any questions? Anyone got any questions? Man. Okay. Praise God. Is that a question? Okay. Are you gone? Okay. Well, sometimes I feel that way too. But I do it anyway. I pray through it. Because sometimes we're looking for the feeling first to come before we jump out there. But if God has given it to you, everything we do in the Lord is by faith. Faith is a substance of things what? Hope for the evidence of things not seen. If you got baptized with the Holy Spirit and you spoke in tongues, it's for you. You have it. Unless, you know, sometimes people fall away. And then, yeah, well, you need to to come get a new touch. You know, because we'll pray for you tonight if that's where you're at. You know, but I'm just saying, oftentimes we hinder ourselves because we're trying to think about this thing too much. When what happened when you first got it? Did you hear yourself speaking in tongues? You did? Well, we'll pray for you tonight. And God will renew that. God will renew that tonight. Let me tell you something. This is not some idea that I created, our pastor Joe created, our denomination created. Jesus said this is for us. This was the river of living water that Jesus talked about in John 7, when he got up at the feast and he shouted with a loud voice, If anyone comes after me and thirst, thirsty, come after me and drink. For out of his innermost being should flow rivers of living water. Now, and then he says this. He qualifies it by saying, But this spake he of the Holy Spirit, which had not yet been given, for he had not been glorified. But it has been given. Acts 2. Acts 2. And we see that it's a subsequent. The Holy Spirit comes into you when you're saved. He dwells inside of you. But God never tended any of His church or His believers to operate outside of the realm of the Spirit, not in the flesh. So He gave us the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is an endowment of power for service, and then opens up the realm of the gifts of prophecy, of words of knowledge, words of wisdom to us. The first thing that comes, though, is speaking in tongues. Now, let me share with you. If you speak in tongues, you can also prophesy. That's why Paul says, desire to prophesy. So if you hear those words from the Holy Spirit, that's the same way you prophesy. That's the same way you speak a word of knowledge. And the more you yield yourself to that, the more you will get acclimated to tuning into that. You guys understand what I'm saying? You know, Jesus said, My sheep will hear My voice, and another they will not hear. You get used to hearing the voice of the Spirit. And that's how the Lord tells you things. He'll reveal things to you. He'll give you words of wisdom. There's been times I've walked up to people in the middle of the street, during the middle of an outreach, and, and, and told them exactly where they were that morning, what they were doing, because God was telling me, because they were... Christians that were out there during Mardi Gras. One time I walked up to this girl and uh, she had just come out of church. She went straight from church to to the streets of Mardi Gras. And here I'm walking on the street and we're out there doing outreach. Walk straight up to the girl because the Holy Spirit just draws me. I just feel that the direction of the Holy Spirit. And I walk with this girl and the Holy Spirit says to me... uh, Go talk to this girl. And so when I go up there, I don't even know why I'm going up to this girl. When I get there, the presence of the Holy Spirit is there. And I say, you are in Paul Morton's church this morning. You were hearing him preach a word on X, Y, and Z. And you know that you should not be out here right now. I didn't know that girl from Adam. But the Holy Spirit knew that girl. Another time I was on Bourbon Street, because we used to witness on Friday or Saturday nights, between Toulouse and Saint Peter Street every night at uh, Bourbon Street, and one night some young person was coming by, I grabbed him like this, and say, "You go to a local uh, local youth group." In fact, they went to Believers Life, and so the kid was arrested, and said, "Oh, please don't tell Pastor Mike that I'm out of here." He knew he shouldn't have been out there. That's how God does. God knows your business. But God will show you all kinds of things. He'll help you with the choice of your spouse, your future. You know, you'll know when you're in a situation, you need to get out of there. You'll know when to rebuke a devil that's talking through someone. Because it'll come up in you, you'll you'll know it. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You need to open yourself, yield to that. You'll hear His voice. He says, they spake as the Spirit gave them the words to speak, or the utterance. The same thing with prophecy. When you're waiting upon the Lord, God use me. The first time I was ever used in prophecy, I knew I was going into the ministry, and I said, Lord, I want to operate in all these gifts. Lord, I had never uh, prophesied in the church before, and I said, Lord, I need to prophesy. Your word says desire spiritual gifts, so I'm desiring them, Lord. I want them. Your word says in the church, I need to prophesy. So, Lord, uh, let's go for it. And so, uh, you know, I'm sitting in church one, one night and, and uh, worshiping. My, my son was, you know, just a, toddler, just a baby, in fact. I had him in my arms, and the Spirit of God came to that place where everybody was waiting on him. And I was just caught up in worship to God. And out of my mouth came, Thus saith the Lord. And I tied it off man. I was like, whoa, what? You know, and so, and, um, you know, I I hindered it because, you know, it startled me at first. But the next time I knew to wait and I felt it come. Just like the first time I spoke in tongues and you feel the presence of God, you feel the presence of God, you hear the word. He might, all you might hear is thus saith the Lord and you might be saying, God, give me the rest. He will give you the rest. Once you, once you utter those first words, thus saith the Lord. Or even if He says, start speaking for me, and you just open your mouth to start speaking, the words will come out. Just like speaking in tongues. That's how it happens. And the, same, and the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you will get used to it. Just like words of knowledge, words of wisdom... And you guys, in this service like this, Sister was given an opportunity to wait on the Lord for those things to come. Every one of you that are baptized in the Holy Spirit needs to be used that way. Every one of you. Pastor Joe? Let's do it now. Come on. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come on up here to the front. Come on up to the front.